Hello, hello, welcome to DBC. This is Don, the dad with a million and one questions. Joined by the co-host, of course, the sailor, the big bro, Andy. Say hey, what's going on? Hello, everybody. We're here, there he is. Um, new year, new pod season. What are you expecting for this season two? Ooh, ooh that's a good question, that, isn't it, really? <laughs> expecting this. I think it's just broadening the horizons a bit more, isn't it, for this season now, for yeah. new year. Like I said, uh, new people, new things happening, and it should be a... <laughs> Should be an interesting one, I think, this year. Brilliant. Getting our feet a bit more. Yeah, cool. Okay, so look, today's special guest, I turn the clock way back to my uni days. Um, Does the clock old... even go far, back this far? Oh, that's the trick, isn't it? Um, an old friend who is about to become a part of the Dad Bro Club from the Wirral, UK. Uh, not Liverpool, apparently, I've been reminded many times. Uh, the one and only um, Michael Yee, or just Mike, say hey. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. All good, All right. mate. Welcome, welcome. Uh, how are you? Uh, yeah, not bad. Obviously, it's freezing now and there's a bit, bit of snow in the UK and stuff. Oh, so. yes, of course, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I won't tell you what my temperatures are here. Um, <laughs> I'll just make you feel bad. Uh, okay, <laughs> first podcast experience, Mike, for you? Or have you been doing yeah, some sideline sideline projects behind the scenes? I wish that was the first time, so... Oh, uh, nice. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, let's uh, well, let's try this anyway. Um, are you ready for some warm up questions? Yeah, go on. Let's see how it goes. All right. Let's see. Okay. So the first one, if you <laughs> if you had an autobiography, um, what does this intro summary read like? So in other words, who is the real Mike Yee? Oh wow. Okay. Um... I don't know someone, someone who's you know caring and kind and stuff like that. The, the typical answers, but uh, someone who I suppose likes to make a joke now and then as well. Uh, try and make light of situations, um, but also anyone who's someone who's um, who'd like always be there to help. Uh, someone really, obviously, really good looking as well. That's probably being there somewhere. But, <laughs> I know um, we all are. Hey, it's a it's a it's a gift and a it's a gift and a curse for all of us. <laughs> um nice one um that's good mate uh so moving on to some quick fire questions uh, you don't need to think about this for too long or give too big of an answer but let's go for it your happy rating today out of 10 uh, i'd say an eight oh nice yeah. nice nice solid nice. score yeah um favorite hobbies um well, playing football, I play two, three times a week. Obviously, spending time with the kids as well. Uh, that's probably the most important thing to me. Uh, and I go to the gym quite a lot now as well. Um, funnily enough, <laughs> after, only after I met you guys, I think, because I remember you, Andy, and I think it was Danny who was, looked quite quite hench. So and I was quite skinny back then. So, uh, yeah, so I've just continued that, really. Uh, yeah, nice. It's good mental health as well. So, yeah, still doing that. Brilliant. Nice. Okay, favorite recent movie you've watched? Watch how recent it is, but Top Gun Maverick was awesome. Ah, uh, yes, that was mine as well. I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is a Brilliant. top. When, when Goose turned up, oh, brought a tear <laughs> to the eye. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. It. Favorite recent Netflix show or streaming? 
Uh, well, I don't know if it's on Netflix to be honest, because I've watched it on a, another platform. Let's say I'm going to this, but um, there's a TV show called Spartacus, and he's from like 15 years ago, but that's really good. I don't know if you guys have actually seen it either. I've watched that actually. Yeah, it's a good good yeah, show. Yeah, that. A lot more than yeah, you think in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really good. Yeah, yeah nice. Um, favorite holiday destination? But, um, probably Orlando because that's when I picked my brothers and stuff. That was like. 25 years ago now oh, but yeah. that was really fun um so i'd love to go back because i'm just a big kid really so um so that would be nice one brilliant day. yeah i'd love to go there yeah it's on my it's on the bucket list um okay favorite recent song on your playlist so i've been getting into uh all the old school r&b and hip-hop oh stuff. nice yeah yeah the song that I'm, I'm song that i'm playing at the moment quite a lot is window shopper by 50 cent oh uh, yeah nice. okay <laughs> yeah. song that uh there's a bit of an inside joke to that one but I'll, I'll, I'll explain that another time but um yeah a nice. friend of mine that song as well so yeah we're, brilliant we're listening okay um back on football who will win the premier league this season and runner-up in your opinion uh unfortunately it'd be man city i think they're just, uh, uh... just too good aren't they kevin de bruyne is back so they'll finish first then Again, unfortunately, I think Liverpool will come second because Arsenal oh. just fought faith, haven't they? So no faith in the Arsenal yeah. crew. No faith. Um, can't score any goals, so you know you can't win anything if you don't score goals. So there you go. Yeah, we know the yeah. feeling. Man, you know the feeling. Um, much worse on our side. Yep. Um, and lastly, how many footy boots do you own right now? I haven't counted, but it's uh, it's into triple figures. It'll be. Oh wow. Man, that is, you got a problem there, mate. You got a problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> good stuff. We'll unpack that another time. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit now. Let's bring back the past a bit more. Your early memories of our uni days, how we first met, first jobs, and just that whole experience back in the day. Yeah, so turned up for the, is it open day? I can't even remember now, but the first day. Uh, literally didn't know anyone and then uh, this is just a random dude there so I thought I'd say hello to him ended up being you started uh, chatting and stuff like that and got on and then I can't really remember too much about uni apart from not understanding any lectures and trying to sit at the back Um, and then obviously you went out into town and stuff and then met uh, your friends and obviously your family and stuff like that which was cool and then it's bit of a blur really but what i do remember was we i think when the results came out we, oh yeah uh, on the board don't they yeah like what your degree you've got and obviously me well i don't know about you but we so for people who don't know us oh uni we we literally didn't sleep for about three days to cram yeah. and i still didn't any of it and i think i don't know if you remember this but i was freaking out i was like oh my dad's <laughs> gonna kill me. I, I literally don't understand any of this stuff yeah uh so I did some exams. Some of the exams went okay. Uh some of them were horrendous. Uh, I remember us two going up to the, the uh lecture hall thing and it's got all the results of the final degree. I was like, oh my god, if this is terrible, my dad's gonna like disown me and stuff. <laughs> but um we both managed to get a two-one, I think we we're just like hugging each other, like how the hell did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's, that's what I remember. And people say, Oh wow, you did well to get a two-one. I was like, Jesus, I don't know how I did it. I think Don basically carried me for a couple of years so so uh yeah so so that's the order i kind of remember from uni to be honest 
yeah brilliant um i can definitely yeah when i think back at that it was just some crazy time so just to add a little bit more context to that we met lining up to enroll for our degree right um and i just remember hit, uh, mike really confusing me when we first talked because he's there he is a chinese looking guy speaking with a very well in my what i thought a very liverpool scouse accent <laughs> And I must have confused him because he must have sort of saw a Filipino guy uh, speaking with a very Manchester accent, right? So, <laughs> so from there, from that moment, we clicked and we, uh, yeah, we stumbled our way through that IT degree every day for the next three years, um, <laughs> questioning if we made the right choice. We, I think at one point we brought in Andy in one of the uh, lecture rooms to figure out what we're missing, right? Um, I remember and, that. That was so yeah. funny. I almost quit a few times on that that degree, and um, I just kept um, yeah leaning on Mike. Really, it was like the blind leading the blind, and yeah, we convinced each other to just stick with it. And yeah, when we got that result, um, that that those three days of um, of last minute um, revision, I don't know how we did it, but but yeah, we we just we basically revised those past those last three nights and and mike is probably ahead of the game for me because he's got this like photographic memory i think where he's good at cramming things in last minute whereas i prefer to to learn it over a period of weeks but um yeah we managed to get through it and, and get, yeah. pull, it, pull it out of the bag you like to ask 100 questions to That's get to try and remember it that's it so um yeah apart from that apart from the uni days um obviously I found it really um, unique that, you know, I think he was the first Arsenal supporter that I met, you know, um, so he was Mr. Arsenal to, to me. We'd have bets on Arsenal and Man U um, games and we were rivals back then. We was like the good old days, hey? Um, oh, yeah. Arsenal and Man U. And so we'd have some, you know, <clears throat> some great banter around Arsenal and Man U. Um, he taught me how to build websites could uh yeah build all sorts of websites we, i think there was a point where we were i was trying to sell your websites and get commission from it as well so that was pretty cool and you was into your cars what else yeah your cars i think at, at one point we had the uh, we both had a bmw that we loved like our own kids at the time didn't we um <laughs> so we love that i think we both had the three series is that right mike you had a three series yeah, yeah, you had the nice one though. I had the four door, but oh, I yeah, had the, the four door. Yeah, I had the coupe. Yeah, yeah, um, nice yeah. yeah. and then movies and TV shows like DVDs back then. Um, like Friends was like um like the ultimate topic that we'd recite or know off by heart. And then <clears throat> apart from that, it was poker days. I remember poker nights where we'd <clears throat> throw throw all our life savings of I don't know twenty quid weekly savings into the pot and hope we could. We could uh, win some poker yeah. money. <laughs> um, I always remember that Mike always used to go all in in like the, the second or third round. I still do that now. <laughs> still do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good on you. So yeah, it's good. It's good to reflect back. It's um, those are the good old days, eh? Okay, Mike. Uh, I guess we have to talk about career and jobs. So can you just give us a quick walkthrough of your career, jobs, what's and uh, where you are now? Yeah, so yeah, so I was doing uh, doing university, doing um, a website during university, just to, to pay my way through really. And then um, there was a Princess Trust office outside the uni, and they were helping like young entrepreneurs, inverted commas, um, startup businesses and things like that. So 
um they they brought me along and then they gave me a bit of funding and stuff and i just started on my own web design business um so i did that for still do that now but i did it for a few years and then obviously with the recession because i was self-employed i ended up being a teacher for about eight years teaching it uh that was interesting but i couldn't wait to get out of it because it's it's a it's a really tough job teaching um and then now i work for the dbs so they used to be called crb they did the criminal records checks for the government um so that's really good because you're making a positive difference to children and vulnerable adults in terms of you know helping make sure that they're protected and um people who shouldn't be working in those industries um, aren't working there so that's really good so if you see anything with gov uk on that's what i'm pretty much working on at the moment um as a user researcher and web-based stuff so so it's interesting but i'm working at the moment at the moment which is good um to get to you know pick up and drop off the kids and stuff like that and, and uh you know work around that really uh, so that's it pretty much brilliant uh i think you touched on it as well what's that so what's the best thing about your current job then it's, you said that it makes a difference to society right yeah so it, it's just making sure that the, obviously the country's a bit safer for, for children and vulnerable adults so uh, we've made we've actually won some awards and stuff as well um for the service we provide as well so that, that's really good um but personally it, it's having that flexibility to, to spend time with the kids um that's obviously the most important thing to me brilliant okay so that leads nice. us nicely to the main event then so can you just tell us a little bit about your kids and the um what they have in common that's quite unique yeah so we've got two kids austin and aubrey they're uh nine and seven years old but they both have autism um so that can be quite challenging but you know every parent says this but you know they really are the most beautiful children in the world i love every second with them. i'm with them um you get to see the world through their eyes really which is kind of a unique perspective yeah i'm so proud of them um and obviously they've got a challenging life uh with autism but um the main thing is they seem, they seem to be happy most of the time and that's a bit of a cliche but you know obviously they have autism but i wouldn't change them for the world brilliant okay and yeah. um when did you first suspect that they may, might have autism so um well the, the mother and i are quite hands-on um with them so obviously we're doing a lot of stuff with the milestones in terms of speech and stuff like that but as you as they sort of grow up um you kind of have a feeling inside that something isn't quite right um so for example when austin was, was growing up um, he taught quite early, so he was doing the alphabet, counting to 10, picking up words, phrases, and stuff like that. But obviously, by sort of 18 months, those things were dropping off. So um, you just kind of know that something might be wrong. Uh, not wrong, that's the wrong word, sorry. Something might be up uh, in terms of his development, really. Um, so at that point, you're trying to figure out, you know, what's causing this. Okay. Um, and what age were they officially diagnosed? to have that so yeah we sort of noticed something by 18 months and then we sort of contacted you know um the relevant um uh, people to see to get austin checked out and so it was about two years old really so it was very early on um for us really we just wanted to make sure that you know if whatever condition austin had um he get intervention and help as, as early as possible really because the earlier you get help you know the easier things will get up get in the future so yeah so but it's uh, i know i've spoken to other parents especially these kids and what they say is it's quite hard to get 
help in this country when it comes to sort of special needs. So you have to fight quite hard to to, to get the scene. Um, but obviously, you know, we just did as much as we could really to get um, early intervention. So both were um, diagnosed similar age around the two-year-old yeah, mark? Yeah, okay. Because at that point, you'll be able to sense what um, development milestones they can hit or not. Is that right? Yeah. yeah okay. Exactly. So um, backtracking a little bit then for people that are not in the know, um, what, in your own words, is autism and the types of autism that is out there? So, so there is a spectrum with autism in terms of severity and things. I think this, I think they've actually removed that spectrum now because it wasn't politically correct or for whatever reason it is. But um, obviously, my children are more on the severe side. I mean, really, it's a communication sort of disorder. So, people might think that you know they're they're not as intelligent or whatever, which is, is completely wrong. Austin and all being really bright, really clever. Yeah. The best analogy I like to usually use is like it's like maybe us three being dropped in, literally dropped into Brazil or something, and we can't speak Portuguese. And literally, yeah. you might be like, you know, where's the closest restaurant or where's the toilet or, you know, where can I buy some bread or something? And literally, no one's going to understand English over there. So it's like people just don't understand you, really. That's probably the best way to put it. Obviously, it doesn't mean, you know, they don't understand basic concepts and things, but. You know, it's it's just that communication between yourself and that other person is probably how I would put it. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Um mm. and then tell me a little bit about what you know of the causes of autism. What's what does the yeah, what what have you learned from that? Yeah, so there's a few things. So obviously uh, family history is one. So there there is a bit of history on my my mother's side of autism so there's a couple of cousins that have it um but it's kind of there's been studies that suggest that it could be exacerbated by having cesarean sections um because the austin and Aubrey both had c-sections um but there's been studies saying that you know i'm not a doctor I suppose <laughs> just anecdotal but there have been studies that say that because it's quite more traumatic for the child to be delivered that way um it can like increase the chances of autism or all the special needs. Interesting. Okay. So you, you, sorry, I'll just jump in there, Don. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I was just saying, cause I watched something, it was quite a few years ago with it and they were, they were saying like with, uh, with autism and everything on the, on the spectrum, as you say with it, is that the, it's kind of like the next stage of evolution with the human, with the human mind because of the trauma and everything. Cause at the moment now, like in the, the modern human seems to, have you know trauma changes the person a lot more than say it used to because obviously mm. we're learning a lot more about it and they were saying like it's like it's the human mind now processing trauma in the size and and changing the way that the human mind will actually think as well so they're saying that it's, it's, it could be more i mean don't get me wrong it could be totally different now with the way that they understand it but to me it was like showing that it's just the human mind trying to adapt to certain ways in the way that we actually live and do things like i said like now with there's more c sections and that it's it's kind of the human mind trying to change or comprehend that and put it into the way that we act in people with it so the thing for that is how would you say that with mike there were have you read anything about that have you heard anybody say anything similar to that type of thing with it or 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the, the child's mother, um, the children's mother, sorry, uh, used to say a lot of stuff about that, to be honest. So it's something I've, I've actually heard before. So yeah. Yeah, I tend to agree with that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I've met, met a few people with it, and because obviously people with autism, certain things, like you said, they can do really, really well. And he's like I said, it's the communication side where it's just talking and and not understanding. Like you said, if we dropped in Brazil, we there's we'd struggle a lot, and people would think we were very different, or you know things like that. Where in the in the reality of it, it's just the way we communicate is yeah. different. So we we have a very good understanding of everything. It's just people don't understand the way we do something. No, I agree. Yeah, obviously, you know, it doesn't happen too much, fortunately, with our kids. But there are, you know, uh, other kids yeah. who have like meltdowns and stuff. And I yeah. always, say, well, you know, if you were in a country where no one understood you, you'd probably get annoyed, wouldn't you? So that's you know, it. Yeah, yeah. You get frustrated on just exactly. little ticks and little things going off. Where exactly. I suppose, like you and you and you and the <clears throat> missus, like I said, you can um, you can understand your kids very. Yeah quickly yeah. compared to something like if i was dropped in the room with them i wouldn't understand anything really with them whereas you'd pick up on tiny little things and know exactly what they're trying to say um exactly. with just a movement for example or just a little noise or just you know i said it, it can be a little twitch sometimes where you you'd go okay right that's either upsetting or you know they're happy to do that or you know they, they want to say no but they're not sure how to and things like that with it exactly yeah, yeah. yeah no, okay yeah. interesting and then you mentioned that on your side as well you had some um cousins that also had it um mike so is that a proven thing that it can be a hereditary trait uh yeah i think so yeah yeah i think okay. when when um obviously austin and Aubrey, uh were diagnosed with it and stuff obviously you know you, you well, do the thing of looking on google don't you but it, yeah, the, the, you know, I think it's it's quite um, nailed on that hereditary is a big factor as well. Okay. Um, all the con there's a few little other things like obviously the C sections and stuff as well, which contribute to it. Okay, and then from the stats that I saw, um, it says something like one percent of kids could um could be born with autism, right? Um, yeah. you've got two there, so how does it feel having? I mean having two kids with autism because it sounds very rare there right yeah so since we're just thinking back to the um hereditary things obviously as again there is a bit of how many history to it but i've, I've got two kids who both live with c-sections um and obviously they have autism but you know you know my brother tim and nice they both got two kids as well um but they none of them have autism but they were all delivered naturally so it's a bit of a correlation there um, in terms of yeah. both kids having autism, it is quite rare, just anecdotally, because you see the parents in them um, pick up and drop offs, and you get talking to them and get to know them and stuff. And usually, if they've got two or three kids, usually just one with special needs, yeah. not not yep. so. I suppose it's quite rare, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so, so I suppose. Sorry, I'll just say as well though. I suppose you there's a lot of people that going through life that actually have never been you know diagnosed with autism and um, because it's so slight like you said with the the autistic side of them no one would ever really know and it could then be people in the family and other things with it have had it and it's been there before but no one's ever realized it so it could be more common than people realize and it's only in the recent years now where we're actually starting to understand what autism is fully and 
even like you said, it's people that have, don't aren't as autistic as others are still mm. uh, actually getting diagnosed easier now. And then you, it's we're, we're kind of finding more of a pattern now. So these, it's like I said, ten years ago, people wouldn't have even understood it whatsoever. So you may have had it in the family on on Mike's side. You've had the C sections as well with it. You know, especially like I say with Tim having two kids as well, and then there's nothing there at all. And interesting. Okay, there? so Mike, take us take us back to that day when they. I mean, you had your suspicions, but when they first got diagnosed with this, how did you react to that? Um, I wasn't surprised because you kind of know your children anyway, really. So obviously, you kind yeah. of expected it. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's a strange one because I'm quite like I, I say it quite a lot to people and everyone knows what like it is what it is just try and make the best of any situation whether it, it, it's perceived to be positive or negative really so yeah. um it's easy for me to say that but I know speaking to you know other parents of special needs kids and stuff like that they 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 really struggle uh with the situation and things um, and I'm not saying I'm a, I, I, I'm a better person or anything like that but it's it, I, I, I seem to cope okay with uh i don't know i won't say negative because i don't think it's a negative in my children but it, you know anyway. yeah focus on yeah. the positives out from yeah. that yeah. I'm, I'm interested to know if it gave a bit of relief if you like to know that our our suspicions is correct right is there any feelings of that um oh that's a good question therefore relief's the right word i mean in the back of your mind you, you kind of wish they don't have uh, additional needs just because you want your kids to have the best life possible, really. And you know that if they have special yeah. needs, then it's not really going to be, they're not going to really reach their potential in, mm. in many ways, really. I think that the thing, I think the, the, the kids, um, mother doesn't cope as well as I do really. But I mean, I, I suppose it's also, it's, it's, it's sort of the, you know, the, the father and husband type thing, isn't it? It's, it's like, you know, you've got to, be strong for everyone and try and be as positive as you can really yeah and there's usually a balancing act that happens there between the the two partners isn't there that one has to kind of lean <laughs> on the other a little bit potentially so i was also curious how that news was delivered uh that diagnosis was it a several um appointments or is it just a single um you know interaction with the doctors and a verbal um delivery of the news Honestly, I can't remember now, but um, we you have some doctor's appointments and things like that, and then they get some um, workers to come in to observe them in school and at home and stuff like that, or nursery back then it was when they were younger, sorry. Um, and obviously they just, I think they pretty much have a checklist really. And obviously these um, uh, professionals kind of know the signs in terms of children, their development and things like that. So um, it was just like a gradual process, I think. It wasn't as if, you know, they, they sat us down and said, you know, your children have autism. It's more of a, an ongoing process over several months uh, to get to that stage. Yeah, interesting. And then did they then provide additional support or reference for you, or was it just a case of giving you loads of leaflets to to read over? Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's funny because, um, so they offer you loads of different courses and stuff like that, really. So um, we went to um, this autism class, which was over eight weeks, I think. But that say it's not funny, but obviously uh, I was there with with the kid's mother and stuff. And then 
there's supposed to be obviously there's other families there but literally i was the only father in the group so it was me and like seven women basically oh wow on this course. Um, yeah. and uh there's a very high um the uk has a very high divorce rate anyway but um obviously being in that class you know a, a lot of again this is just anecdotal rather than based on stats but you know, a lot of a lot of fathers um, and I've spoken to a few as well, especially because they just they can't seem to cope with the fact that the kids might have special needs. So that sort of uh, splits the families and stuff like that, really. Yeah. So that's quite a bit of that. Yeah, interesting. Okay. And I think you touched on it previous questions, but how how serious is their, is their case? Is, is Austin more um, affected than Aubrey or vice versa? Yeah, so... On the Wirral, where we are, not Liverpool, um, there's like, uh, there's yeah. like, um, <laughs> well, there's like uh, four or five uh, special primary schools, um, and basically your child will go to one based on the severity of their condition. So they both actually go to different special schools. So Austin would is more severe. He's he's classed as non-verbal, so he goes to one special school. And Aubrey, who is quite quite verbal, but obviously just has other uh symptoms of autism she goes to a different special school so yeah so you know austin is further on the spectrum i suppose than aubrey is yeah okay and then i'm curious to know if their conditions has stabled or worsened over the years is that a common thought there? yes so, uh it wasn't great but both austin and aubrey went to their respective primary schools and then they changed to a different primary school because they weren't getting the support they needed but fortunately they're in much better schools now um yeah so the conditions getting better austin's speech is coming along well uh, he's saying more words so it's great when i see him because he'll um just say something new now and it's great so obviously you know he's nine years old and it's probably you know same experience all the parents have when their kids are like i don't know two or three or whatever you know saying new words and stuff like that but um yeah yeah, it's uh, it's amazing when, when I see sort of Austin and Aubrey. Um, there's like a running joke that I'm dead inside because I've, I've never cried before. But um, Austin, it was last year now, I think it was, because uh, I get we I give my kids a lot of kisses and cuddles and stuff, and then Austin gave me a hug and goes, I said, "I love you, Daddy," and then that was like the first time I cried in God knows how long. So that's that's all I wanted to hear him say. Oh uh, wow, that's amazing. Born. so yeah. obviously I had to wait nine years <laughs> a bit longer than other parents but that, that was oh, amazing yeah. and he says it all the time now which is great and he says a lot of other things that's yeah, brilliant yeah yes yeah. and then Aubrey is coming along well as well so um she's she's very chatty Aubrey you can't show up really so does that require constant um I guess coaching from you know the special needs place and schools to keep them on that track of learning like new words and stuff yeah it's a tough one because because uh, they're obviously both in different special schools and stuff it's it's literally the, the teacher and the class that they have, because we've had it before with Austin, or we've been in classes where they're not very good and they don't help them very much. But then they've been in, or they've gone to a different year group, a different class, and then the teacher's been amazing. What I'd probably say is it's probably different to, to you know, neurologically normal inverted commas kids is that um, Austin and Aubrey and, and all the children with sort of autism, they, they, they're really, I wouldn't say picky, but they'll, if they'll have a take two or they won't. 
So if they take to you, they'll be great. They'll chat to you. They'll they'll learn off you that kind of thing. Um, obviously, which they do with myself and the mother and things like that. But if they just see, if they see a teacher they don't like, they're not going to do anything. So that that's um one of those. But they're, they're great teachers now. Um, so yeah, they're again all great. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay, and then is there a is there a scenario where autistic kids can also digress as they um get older as well? Um. Yeah, they can do, but it's a lot of factors, really. I mean, that's why I try and focus on making sure they're happy, healthy, and, um, you know, they, they know they're loved, really. Obviously, if, if children are neglected or not happy, then they, they will regress. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not the same as uh, looking, you know, looking after, uh, again, neurologically normal, the better comes kid. But it's, it's, uh, it's a challenge I love to, to love to take on really. So as long as they're happy, um, that that's the main thing. Okay, Mike. Um, so can you just talk us through a little bit of what a typical day looks like caring for Austin and Aubrey there? Yeah, it's uh it's not too much. It's not too much different to caring for a kid who's, who's again neurologically normal, but commas. I don't want to think of that one. Except um obviously really you need to be near them all the time because they get distracted. Um they might want to do something random like have a tea party and fill the cups and stuff with water. Or I think it's funny to climb on the furniture. Um <laughs> so obviously you need to constantly supervise them really. But that can be tiring, but that's why I like to keep fit really, so I've got the energy to keep up with them. Uh, so it doesn't really bother me. Yeah, interesting. And then you you said that they go to different special needs schools there. Um, is it the same hours as a regular school? Yeah, so it starts at nine and then they finish around three-ish. So yeah, same sort of hours really. Okay. And you mentioned that you work from home um, full-time there. So is that, can you talk us through that? Um, could, do you think you could still be able to do this routine if you had a let's say an office job that requires you to be not working from home? Um, you know, simple answer is no, really. So I'm quite fortunate. I get to, get to work from home. So, you know, for the first seven, eight years of their lives, I, I did the school pickups and drop-offs every day. Obviously, there's this rush hour traffic in the mornings as well. And then, you know, having to leave the house at half two to get the kids is, is um, not something you could do if you're working in an office. So, yeah, I, I know I'm very fortunate to be able to do that, really. But, yeah. Um, one of the things I did was change careers just so I could, I, I could do that really. Um, because we decided we didn't want them to, you bet the kids can get like you know transport on the bus and stuff like that, but we didn't want them to to to, to get the go on that to be honest. Um, yeah, and it's the drive to and from school that is awesome to be honest. It's nice, I'm okay. Yeah, and then uh, so they they are actually <laughs> pretty comfortable in the car journeys and things. Oh yeah, brilliant! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. when when are they not at their least comfortable? Uh, what kind of environment makes them uncomfortable? Um, to be fair, they're pretty good because I know again, just speaking to the parents at the schools they're at and stuff like that. You know, they say things like, you know, they can't go out to eat or they can't go to out in public and stuff like that because they'll have meltdowns. Or to be fair, with children with autism, it's it's the stimulus um which 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 causes them to, to get upset so it could be you know too loud or too busy or not enough space but from an early age we take them out to restaurants and my parents are great as well they they take 
um, Austin and Aubrey to, to different places as well. So we we they're kind of great everywhere to be honest. We're quite fortunate, really. Um, I mean, there have been difficult times where um we've had like a birthday meal with the family. Uh, this was a few years ago now, and like Austin might just start getting upset and not want to be there. It could be anything. It could be the smell. It could be the lighting. It could be so many people there. So I ended up just taking a home while everyone else, you know, stay for the meal and things. But you know, again, I'm not. It sounds it sounds a bit funny, but I'm not bothered about trying something and not working. I'd rather give it a go. And if it, you know, if I have to change plans or do something else, then I'll just do it. It doesn't really bother me. Yeah, interesting. So if you let's say if you take them for a walk in the park outdoors, are they okay with that under the light that? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. When they were a bit younger, they just run off. So I've got videos of myself and my dad, who's obviously well into his sixties now, chasing Austin down the park in a big field. And then obviously my mum laughing because my mum's there as well. You know, sixty-year-old man chasing like a five-year-old down a massive fish kind of stuff. But to be fair, they're really good now. They'll hold your hand, they'll walk around with you, um, and stuff like that. And Obviously, you have to be a bit wary about where you are if there's roads and stuff like that and whatever, and if it's too busy. But to be fair, they've learned really well how to, to be outdoors and stuff. So it really depends on a case-by-case -case basis whether they prefer indoors or outdoors. Is that yeah, what you're saying? I mean, yeah. yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, we try to just um, expose them to as many different situations as possible, really, when they were younger, because we knew that, obviously, you know, if they want, if they were ever going to go out when they're a bit older, then um, we'd have to sort of. You have um, to normalize it a bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, Andy. Because um, again, spoken to some parents and stuff, and like they just literally never go out. Yeah, okay. but it's it's, it's 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 like a vicious circle, isn't it? If 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 you can stay inside and do certain things with your kids, but if you if you're not willing to try it and stuff, but it it goes on to the other thing which we might talk about later in terms of not giving an F what people think really because you know I'm willing to go out somewhere with the possibility Austin or Aubrey might get upset and um, have a meltdown and obviously other yep. parents or people are looking at you but this is something I've learned from the kids really because obviously they just want to be happy and they don't care what people think so why should I care and uh, that's something I learned a long time ago you know people might stare at you and stuff and be judgmental and stuff like that but at the end of the day then I don't know something but they do it they're nobody's <laughs> like, I don't know, like an ass, but... that's it yeah i mean i remember well, sorry to drop that i just remember like a lot of people have always <laughs> thought of it as like a taboo thingy no one ever spoke about it if you know with with any issues at all people just always hide the issues mm. and like this day and age now like a lot of people have always said to me whenever i meet people i just treat everybody the same way uh, regardless of anything so like like you say if <laughs> i've sat there and i see your two kids all i you know all i see is two kids so you just treat them as kids. All they want to do is have fun and do something they they enjoy doing, as exactly. well with it. And if you find out what it is they enjoy doing, you just do the same way. And as you're doing that, you mm. you wouldn't notice any difference between any other kid because they're just being kids doing what kids do. There, it's only like I said, it's certain issues that they mm. can go off with it. I just found like it's nice to see that you're going out. You're going okay. Well, let's get you out there. Let's. Let's mm. make this a, a regular thing for them so it comes part of the daily life and they get used to it. It's it's like I said, you're normalising going to the park, going to a restaurant, going to these things with it. Mm. And then it just it's it's what they expect and it's what they get used to doing and mm. and happy with it. And everybody else around, I'm sure there's certain restaurants you go to that 
the you know the staff members will probably know you and know the kids as well. Yeah, exactly. And get yeah. onto it, and then he just make, I suppose it makes it more fun because then the they they see a regular face, and even like the the staff at the restaurant or you know or wherever it is that you might go to, he'll he'll they'll see you as a, as a regular thing as well, and and be able to have fun and and know how to cater for it at the same time as well. Mm. Yeah, exactly, it's good yeah. that you push push the boundaries with that one as well, which I think is needed more in this day and age. Now, mm-hmm. it's all about being able to accept everybody how they are and push them boundaries a bit further and get away from what we call normal. Because what is normal? So it's nice to see that as well. Actually, it's nice that you're pushing it out there as well and going with it. And definitely, and I'm also curious to know how how do they get along as siblings? Do they have you know? Have they got this concept of brother and sister rivalry and connection? Yeah, so if they're ever apart or whatever, there might be a different room and stuff they do, like call each other's names and stuff, so they'll have been together. Generally, they get on really well. Obviously, you know, sometimes if, you know, either Austin or Aubrey may be bored or whatever, they might have a... They don't fight, but they Austin um, has a thing where he loves hugs and sometimes you get overzealous with him so we'll try and grab Aubrey and things like that but you know uh, when he's with me and stuff it, it's, it's under control and things like that we just you know have a laugh and giggle and distract him and stuff and get him onto a different activity and things but yeah they're, they're really close um, Brilliant. spending time together so that's, that's really nice. nice that sounds great Um, and then have they got some go-to activities or particular I don't know toy or something that they yeah, attach what, to what's the favorite thing you like doing yeah so uh with austin he loves um going to the park so there's a there's a place in the world called birkenhead park which is massive and it's got like uh like you know you feed the geese and ducks and pigeons and stuff like that and that's nice. his favorite thing in the world so when i have him on a weekend and stuff like that we'll go to there's a little on the way he makes me buy five five loads of bread so we get that. Good. He, he does it in the checkout himself because he's got like a self-service checkout. We go there oh, yeah. and we'll spend an hour or two in the park feeding the pigeons and because it's quite a mass big park. There's like it's like 200 pigeons coming and he loves chasing them around. So that keeps him keeps him happy and he loves doing it. Try and give them a hug as well. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. You think he's trying to fly with them and stuff. So he loves that. Aubrey's more more chilled, really. She's she she likes to stay in a bit more. Um, but she'll get, you know, we, we, I take the kids to, you know, things like Chester Zoo and Safari Park and, um, the aquarium as well, because we've got annual passes for those places. So like animals as well. Um, so that's quite nice. Um, nice. Just getting them out of the house really, um, and exploring. So I, I take them to the park as well as a park by where we are. And they, they actually, they love the swings as well and the slides and climbing frames and stuff. So, I mean, I suppose it's. Thinking back of what I just said, it's probably just similar stuff to what you know regular kids do. I think. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. And then that's outdoors. And then I'm 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 curious to know what what happens. What do they get into when they're indoors? So like TV, iPad, screen time. What what does that look like? Yeah, they they like the iPad like any other kid, I suppose. Um, and obviously looking at watching YouTube with the most random videos that I can imagine. I'm sure there's other kids that do it as well as weird thing, weird and strange things that they watch uh, on the children's uh, YouTube stuff. And then um, Austin likes... These, Austin's very... Um, it's weird because if you get a get an activity or 
uh, toy he likes. He'll just sit there for ages just doing it. So we've got this like kinetic sand he likes playing with so he can mold it into things. Um, he likes building blocks as well. Um, both kids as well, we're doing quite a bit of like, the, like doing baking and stuff. So making like cakes or cookies mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, is there such thing as um, dedicated apps or toys aimed for autism? There is, yeah. We're kind of looking into one at the moment, really, that the school's recommended, so I can't profess to have used it yet. Uh, but it's something we're looking at, really, because there's one that the school's recommended that Austin uh, can have to help his speech and things like that, which is, uh, you know, in the next few months and years, that'll help him with his speech. Yep. Excellent. So let's. So, sorry, I'll just jump in as well. Sorry, bro. Mm -hmm. Is um, you say like they love watching the YouTube videos and everything. Do they? Do the kids like? I know some kids do this though. Do they watch them in like other languages and stuff as well? Do you find that there's certain things they like to watch in like, yeah. a different language? Yeah, 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 yeah. You hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, sometimes Aubrey's watching Peppa Pig in like Spanish or Chinese or something. Nice. <laughs> what's going on here? They can be multilingual <laughs> soon. <laughs> maybe yeah maybe yeah okay i'm also interested to know how they're actually treated at school or by other kids or other families can you talk us through that yeah as I mentioned before obviously they're both in different special schools and we had to change really because they weren't getting the provide they need uh, support they needed sorry so that was obviously a bit difficult but they're in better places now much happier um what say with other kids and stuff, but autism is obviously a communication condition, so it's hard to make friends, really, uh, which is probably one of the hardest things for me, because obviously, you know, people with kids and stuff will go to, you know, parties and stuff like that and create relationships and things, and that's something which is a bit more difficult when they've got autism. So that's probably the biggest difference. Yeah, and you touched on it there, the hardest thing about autism. So what kind of comes to your mind there? Um... I think most people probably think it's probably the day-to-day -day stuff, uh, which, you know, I can admit can be difficult and things. Um, they might have a meltdown and stuff or get upset. And it's hard because you don't understand um, why they're upset. You know, they might have a stomach ache or headache or some other pain and they can't tell you. So it's obviously difficult to, to try and figure out what what's wrong. But saying that, I sort of take that stuff in my stride, really. Um, again, just make sure the kids feel loved and know that I'm always there for them. Um, but again, yeah, it, it, it's probably one thing is diff the difficult is that they can't tell you what's what's wrong, um, with them. Um, but yeah. the hardest one is probably uh, I'm generally positive, but the hardest one's probably in the future. So obviously, once I'm not here anymore, then um, who's going to be offering support? Um, when they you know autistic children end up being autistic adults, so yeah. it's, it's, they're trying to you know plan for for that really so that's probably the hardest one not, not knowing that i won't be there uh for, for a period of their lives yeah that you've got hard. that you've yeah. got that as your so you, as a, uh, you you'll know this don as well as that as a parent you you think you you're thinking about that in just in a normal situation type of thing so then to add something else to it i could imagine that's quite a thing where you're always going to write have i got this ready is that going to be ready for 10 years from now is this going to be this is this going to be that it's i can imagine that's quite a challenge sometimes and i suppose it kind of makes everything a bit more interesting and helps you try and plan everything a bit more but yeah it's that balance isn't yeah. it in trying to yeah. not in trying to look too far ahead in the future but you forget yeah. about spending quality time with them in the present 
Um, I'm on that note, staying still on the hardest thing about autism. Have you, Mike, have you ever gone into any, let's say, confrontations or disagreements with, I don't know, another kid saying something bad to your kids or a parent might have said something? Uh, yeah, there's been a few times. I can't remember any specific examples, but yeah, you, things you remember, like, you know, people staring or something or someone making a comment and things like that. And obviously your natural reactions is anger, really. I can't remember if I've retaliated. I don't think I have, but I've been close. You've got a long fuse, I think, haven't you? You've uh, got yeah, well yeah. yeah, but that uh, must be hard, yeah. Yeah, so that yeah, it hasn't reached that stage, to be fair. There's, there's plenty of times where it could have if I had a different sort of personality. Yeah, fair but, enough. Uh, again, it's just, just realising that if someone's that ignorant, then they're, they're not worth your... your Time, so I think I say with people like that, are the, if they do things, it's because there's a lack of understanding from their side, or they've not been anywhere near anybody with it. Mm. So then they've, you know, like I said it's they don't understand. Well, this this isn't this is normality. This is the way things are with this. It's just and all they see is maybe a kid that's like nine years old, but then mm. they think, well, my kid's nine years old. They're not doing this, and they don't understand that. Well, actually, it's a little bit different. Because uh, we've got to do it this way, we've got to do that. It's strange that like I said. I think it's, it's like now this this day and age now, there's a lot more information coming out there to try and help with everybody, so it's more accepted with you know with 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 day to day life. But you're still gonna get a Karen and a Carl, aren't you? Sometimes that acts like a complete yeah. idiot. Okay, um, I guess the flip side to this, Mike, is what would you say the best thing about autism and that experience you've had? Um, I kind of touched on it before, and it sounds a bit corny, probably, but um, I have learned so much from my kids. I've I've definitely learned more from them than they've learned from me. I think things I've I've learned from them is has been infinite. Really, it changed my outlook on life as well, because uh, it's, it's not of complexities in life. But um, the one thing I've learned is you get one chance at life. Um, and the only thing that really matters is being happy. You, you know, if the life's short, yep. just be happy. Um, as I've said, you know, when the kids were younger, I mean, they're quite good now, to be fair, but when they were younger, you know, they, they would get upset. And then, you know, I would get upset and the mother would get upset. How how do you balance out that self-sacrifice in dedicating, well, let's say, your routine to your kids and also a bit of time for yourself? Um, I don't know, you, just in that. You know, again, for the first you know seven eight years and stuff like that, just just being there for the kids and yeah, they they're the priority really. So that that's all that kind of matters at that point. Um, yeah, and I think that's the magic word, isn't it? That priority yeah. ranking. I've okay. just had a thingy with that. When, like you're saying, like the best thing about it with that as well is it's like what you said earlier, Mike. Is like when you when you heard Austin say "I love you" the first time. Yeah. It's just it's it's the good things that come through like that can end up mean you know being even better whereas like hearing hearing your kids say it the first time when they're two years old is I can you know is really nice it's great but I can only imagine the feeling you got when you know when Austin was older and saying it and then you're you know it's just like when when it's good I can mm -hmm. imagine it's really really good you know so I mean like the little things then become such a great happiness and a great thing for you to feel that like I said, it's that silver lining. Like, yeah, if you look for it, there's there's lots of it there as well. So I can, I'm just, 
you know, I'm saying there's some things with it that actually just emphasize the greatness of being a parent. Um, yeah. we're going through all these things because all that work you put in, you know, is emphasized more when something good happens and you're just like, oh, doing a great job here. Mm. Then, you know, it's just, I can imagine it, it just, it, like I said, you've got that silver lining sometimes where, you know, people don't realize it, but you, you do have it as well. Yeah. yeah. As I said, I've learned a lot and stuff and take pleasure in, as you just said there, Andy, to be fair, like, you know, the simplest things in life can yeah. be the most beautiful, you know? So, when you grow up to, you know, my age and stuff, sometimes you get caught up in certain things, but a lot of people, I think as well, don't just step back and think, oh, actually, you know, things are good. Look at the positives. So that's my kind of outlook, really. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and what tips would you give to others then caring for autistic kids that's following a similar journey to you? Um, I mean, that's probably a difficult one because every situation is different, really. Um, and everyone has a different outlook on life. So I don't come, come, come across as sort of, I don't know, ignorant or whatever and oversimplify things, but I mean, it's just making sure they're happy. Uh, things are going to be difficult and things. And it's, it's, again, it's, I suppose it's how you deal with, with stress and uh, setbacks really. And that's not judging anyone. Everyone deals with things in different ways. But again, I, you know, I've spoken to some parents who, who struggle a lot. And then you've got all the parents who are really positive and stuff and deal with it. So it's, it's, I don't know, it's just trying, trying to be positive, even though it's quite difficult, really. Yeah. And what um, I picked up on from your last comments as well is that you, you seem to show um, affection to them quite consistently. Do you think that's important? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's the word? I'm quite an affectionate person in terms of like that kind of stuff. So, Ever since they were born, pretty much I was kissing and cuddling them and stuff like that. And obviously Austin and Aubrey are nine and seven now. And I remember I think David Beckham calls a stir, didn't he? Because he kissed his daughter on the lips or something because she's like 30 and yeah. But I'd, I'd be like him. I, I couldn't give her a, a toss, really. I'm still going to kiss and cuddle my kids until they're well, adults, probably, and still yeah. do it. Until they uh, start so. pushing you away. It's not straight away, yeah, exactly. Because um, yeah. they're really affectionate as well, and obviously, that's something they learn, and that's one of the things which which make them beautiful, really. So, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's cool. awesome. And then for people that are not um, around autistic people and kids, what tips have you got for them in interacting with, like your kids, for example? Yeah, so. And these touched on it really. It's a lack of understanding, but the, the other thing is is compassion. Really, they're the two main things. Um, I've got close friends who have come over with their kids, and they're absolutely brilliant with Austin and Aubrey. They're playing with them. They're great. You know, it's it's just it's yeah. really fantastic when you see it. But I've had um, you know, people see the kids and with their kids, and they're just not as understanding, and they make it awkward, and they say, "Oh, why has Austin done this? Or why has Aubrey done this?" And it's like you just haven't been taught any understanding or compassion because as Andy kind of said before, you know, if you understand what's going on, then you'll have fun and things like that and, you know, get on with it. I mean, it, it's the type of people I think, and like I'm probably digressing a bit here, but again, something I've learned from, from having the kids and before that, you know, it's all about being happy and not caring what other people think. So like I've obviously got close to certain friends who, are compassionate and understanding and then i've really not kept in touch with those who who aren't i just want to be around people who are 
who are good people really when I say that it's like they have you know understanding compassion for different things like you know an example would be if I if you guys had some sort of you know party or something like that and I brought Austin and Aubrey I know for a fact that you know and the you know the dads Danny you know Dave and all the guys Riley and stuff like that they'd be great with the kids because I know they're good people do you know what I mean yeah. but there's just some people who are arses yeah. that you can't you can't really change those people because they ever think they're superior or whatever mindset they have. But the, you know, yeah. so we just surround myself with good people, really. Who, who I know. It's like like people people that would struggle. Sorry, though, I said people might struggle to interact with them, which is fine if you don't think you can handle it or it's like not not something that you're comfortable with doing yourself. But mm. it's 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 okay to be like that around you know with it but it's as long as you go you know you just say you know this is great in there but i'm I'm unsure of myself i'm scared about it because people are going to be scared because they're like oh what do i do how do i, I interact but it's yeah. just about to me it's speak to the parent like if i was if i was with you mike and then i was like do you know what i've never been around anybody who's autistic what what the hell do i do so to me i'd be like mike i'm so, so i'm really sorry but you know i've never been around anybody autistic is there anything i shouldn't do you know or you know or can i say can i do that because it's like ask a question because i'm sure to you you you'd love that because then they're actually interacting without realizing it and they're learning at the same time and then you know next time that person's even if it's with some other somebody else's kids they've got a better chance and their their, their impression then the next time is going to change mm. yeah exactly that's that that's mm. the compassion part you have had close friends and stuff and i say oh we're going to come around and you know, you know, playing Austin Aubrey and stuff is anything we need to know and stuff. And it's exactly what you said. It's it, but that's the yeah. compassion part, really, and willing to not learn, I suppose, but just just to just yeah. just to understand a bit more. That's a great yeah, message. Yeah, it's okay to not know, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, exactly. some great some great tips there. So back on you a little bit, Mike. Um, how would you say it sounds like that? The daily routine um stress can easily build up there how do you handle stressful situations and look after your mental health i know you touched on the gym there is that what are the what are your go-to yeah. uh coping mechanisms um just being active right so yeah again you know play footy uh, two three times a week and then uh i go to the gym quite a lot um so there's sort yeah. of the physical things i do in terms of mental I'm sure if people speak to me, I come across as quite cold, really. But I don't. I don't try. I try not to get too high and not too low in any given situation because I don't think it. it it's easier said than done because I've been there. But if I can't control something, then I can't worry about it. Although I'm not perfect, so sometimes I do worry about it. I'm only human. But I think I. I can't remember what it was. I saw something a while ago, and it basically was like the chances of you being here on Earth alive right now is like something stupid like 400 trillion billion because you've got to factor in like when your parents meet it's based on a lot of factors you know they might have moved for a job or they live in the same city or whatever and then their yeah. parents had to meet and their parents had to meet so the likelihood of you actually being alive the likelihood of us speaking right now you know you know yeah. i might have met you you know might have met some other guy at liverpool uni so you know i wouldn't be speaking to you guys right now so it's it's not taking things for granted really which is difficult so like i've been through a lot of stuff and uh trying to be positive it's a very simple thing to yeah. say easier said than done you only get one enjoy chance. what you've got isn't it so exactly yeah 
Excellent message there. Excellent message. Um, I'm curious to know, touch on what your kids taught you and stuff. I think we've already done that. But what do you think, in your own words, makes you a good dad to them? Um, first, it's always being for them and stuff, as I said, for the, you know, most of the lives we've always done the school drop-offs and pick-ups and stuff every day. Always take them out. The, the weekend, we always used to just go out, just go to the zoo, to the park or whatever. Um get to sort of public places, um, make sure they're happy and stuff. It's just putting them first, really. And now, obviously, as I've mentioned before, they're, they're comfortable in most places, you know, restaurants and stuff like that and wherever, uh, going to the zoo and stuff like that. So, no, no, just being flexible, I think. Yeah, awesome. Go out and then think, you know, it's going to go this way or that way. But, you know, I think something I've, I've learned is, you know, it, it's not well, it's well, it sound very optimistic but expect expect the worst hope for the best so what that means is you know yeah. bad might happen but as long as you're prepared for it then great and obviously if, if the best outcome happens then well even better yeah yeah and and what's clear to me is that like you say that you've got your priorities straight you put them first uh but at the same time you've got that nice balance of kind of not get too emotional in what other people think as well which I think is a really good trait to 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 handle those situations. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so we've talked a lot about the past and the present here. What does the future look like for you, Mike, and your kids? So, you know, it, it's it's a tough one. Yeah, again, I'm just gonna have to deal with stuff when it happens. Really, um, I suppose because happens. certain things will work out better, and other things will become more issues if you may say and, and more challenging i think it's probably the better word for that one well that yeah. said it's i'm sure you've noticed from them being as little babies to now there's yeah. a lot of things which have become a lot easier with them like i said even just little bits of communication now is to probably communicate a bit better than they used to then and but then later <laughs> on in life it might be like i said you know they're going to be a fully grown adult as well so there'll be you know it, it could be issues with them and if they're if you've got yeah. a bit of a tantrum, I suppose they could be uh, harder for you to handle that way, but then and explain it to other people when they think what's going on. Well, yeah, so I'm also curious to know, um, you, you spoke that they're currently in a special needs school for primary school. Um, is that the same case for secondary school then? They got... Yeah, so the world has like four or five secondary schools scattered around. So yeah, depending on the severity of, the, of their condition, um, they'll go to one of those. Um, and you have to pay for that? No, no, it's uh, it's um, it's fully funded. Nice. Uh, the special okay. school here, so, so that's 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 one thing. So, uh, yeah, good. Um, and then after school life, then um, what what's the typical jobs out there? Is there any um that might be suitable for autistic people? Well, I'll be honest, I haven't thought that far ahead. So yeah, um, fair enough. Want that one to be honest, Nick. Yeah. But I'm get, but I've from what I've seen, I'm thinking um, zookeeper. Yeah, but from what I can see, I think it's it's very normal as well. It's very normal that in the in the employment space there uh, there is a fit for everyone, right? So yeah. hopefully, yeah, that would that would be pretty good. Um, what do you think, Mike? The world needs to make it a little bit easier for autistic kids and accepting them. Yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, a lot, it's like a lot of things in society, I think. It's just about acceptance and understanding, really. 
I'm not sure you can teach those things. I think if, if you're an adult, you, you're going to judge uh, an autistic kid or someone who's different or whatever, then that's pretty much ingrained, really. So I don't know, maybe it's it's teaching the, you know, the, the adults of tomorrow, you know, the kids in school today about um, different conditions and stuff like that. And I think they're doing that a bit now anyway, um, really, because it's always funny, isn't it? Because problems like racism, prejudice and whatever, they're not in children, you know, when, yeah. they grow, when they're born, they don't grow up with prejudices or anything, you know, you, you know, my kids used to go to nursery and stuff and, you know, every, everyone's there. There might be some, you know, kids who are a bit different or the different races or whatever, but they all just get on. It's just when they're a bit older, certain, you know, things in society get ingrained and then that's when conflict starts and then, you know, bit of a big leap, but obviously, you know, you get wars and stuff like that, which is obviously yeah. lack of understanding. So I don't know, really, it's a tough one because solving that problem is solving it all the problems and I don't think that's possible really yeah um, but so it's, it's, the parents need to try and just it's like you said when you went to the meeting you was the only dad there yeah. then there so I think it's like I think it could be like a lot of guys you know they don't want to try and get involved or it's scared for them and they don't want to show the scared so it's about trying to go to the you know the the everything that's set up for it you know try and get a better understanding of everything as well as a parent I think especially with the the, the male side of it because like you normally see, it's normally the women getting involved doing the things. It's okay mm. for the men to, uh, you know, say, okay, yeah, this is my child. Let me go and do something. Let me go and learn something as well at the same time. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's a great message. I think um, it's about compassion, uh, understanding and empathy. Um, I think that that is what I think the world needs. So I think that's pretty much it. Um, Andy, yeah. have you got any more questions for Mike? Burning um no to be honest that's great we've uh, so we've put on my my bit on a few of the questions that we've yeah. put through there it's uh, it was really nice to listen to all that and get mike's perspective as well yeah as absolutely. well and all that and you, you get a lot better understanding of how things are and oh and, i've know, learned so much yeah higher I mean... with some of the stories he said as well so it's like you can just imagine some of the fun times that you've i bet you've had with the kids there as well so yeah, and look, I've yeah. not come into contact with too many um, autistic people or kids for that matter. So I've learned heaps of stuff today, uh, Mike. So yeah. thanks for sharing your story. How was that experience for your first podcast there? Yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, I tend to waffle on, so hopefully people aren't falling asleep. But uh, it's great to catch up with you guys because obviously I'm uh, oh, yeah. for a while. So it's, it's, it's great to, to, to hear and see you and stuff like that. And I hope you uh, you guys are doing well. Absolutely. Mate, you are a legend and inspiration to many dads. Um, all the best to Austin and Aubrey. Let's chat yep. again soon. Yep. Can we go and get a touch of spice kebab now as well? Oh yeah, that is that is <laughs> your that is the only reason why he's friends with me to come and come to that famous kebab shop in Manchester, right? Um look, oh, yeah. guys, awesome. That's a wrap, I think, from DBC. So my takeaways from Mike's story, honestly, I learned loads from that conversation. Firstly, autism does not have to define who a child or person is. It's a condition that can be managed and treated with the right support and understanding. I love how dedicated Mike is to care for his kids. Despite the challenges, he finds a way to stay positive and connected as a present father. So to me, he's a top inspiration for many parents. 
I also realized how similar his kids are to most kids without autism. They just want to play and grow up to be like any normal kid, but they're often misunderstood and discriminated for being different. So for the future, I hope we can teach our next generations to create an inclusive world, a world that empowers these incredible young minds to grow, learn, and contribute in their own unique ways. So this is Mike's story on DBC. Thanks for tuning in. Ciao.